tonight we, uh, as as I wrote, we're we're here to talk about tradition. I don't think there's a uh, I don't think there's an American Jew that's not familiar with Fiddler on the Roof. To be honest with you, I uh, I always heard about it all the years. I would get jokes and references from people, from friends, and then I finally said. You know, I I gotta I gotta I gotta watch what everyone's talking about. I didn't watch everything. I didn't listen to all the uh, songs, per se. But I but I caught the gist of it, and it was uh, certain things were accurate, certain things were not accurate there, because I I uh, I am a Hasidic observant Jew. In case you haven't realized by now, um, but the beginning of the movie um, when Tevye opens up right after the uh, the, the beginning song tradition, he says, and I'm going to quote his words. He says, here in Anatevka, we have traditions for everything, how to sleep. All right, I'm not going to act out the, the, uh, the, uh, the accent that he says it with. He says, we have traditions, how to sleep, how to eat, how to work. And he says, um, this shows our constant devotion to God. He says, you may ask, how did this tradition get started? And he says, I'll tell you, I don't know, but it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. And I don't know how much thought the, uh, the writers of Fiddler on the Roof put into, I'm sure they put a lot of thought into, let me rephrase what I'm saying. They put a lot of thought into every word there, but I don't know how much intention they put in, in what Tevye was saying in those opening lines, but there may actually be a lot of depth to what he's saying in terms of our relationship with God and how tradition, including and maybe even especially traditions that are not necessarily written explicitly in the Torah, how much value and uh, and importance and significance those traditions have in our faith and in our relationship with God. So that's the general opening to what we're going to try to get, get to in the next few minutes. Let's start from, as we always try, from this week's Torah portion. And we're, uh, we're particularly going to focus on the holiday of Sukkot. So source one, from this week's Torah portion reads, you shall rejoice on your festival along with your son and daughter, your servant and maidservant, and the Levite, proselyte, orphan, and widow from your settlement. Celebrate to God your Lord for seven days in the place that God will choose, since God will then bless you in all your agricultural and other endeavors, so that you will be only happy. And from here, we get... From this, uh, from this emphasis of happiness on Sukkot, we, 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 we get to another uh, tradition that happened on the holiday of Sukkot that brought a tremendous amount of celebration and a tremendous amount of fanfare. And what I'm referring to is an event called Simchat Bet HaShoeva in Hebrew which literally translated means the joy, the joy of the libations of the, of the 
I'm sorry, not the libations, but rather the joy of the drawing up. What was being drawn up? So basically, in biblical, in Talmudic times, in temple times, I should say, actually, in temple times, the, uh, there was a major celebration that would take place in the temple courtyard every night of Sukkot. And what they were celebrating was all night they would celebrate. We'll, we'll read in a moment the description of a celebration. But the essence of what this was all about was they were drawing up, they were drawing water from the Shiloach uh, um, uh, uh, um, not a river, but the Shiloh stream that was on the bottom of the Temple Mount. They would take this water, they would bring it up to the temple, they would go up the Temple Mount, and then in the morning, they would pour this water onto the altar, onto the Mizbeah. That's what it was. And the reasons we'll get to in a moment, how it's learned out, why this was done, to give you a, a very brief uh, background, is that there were two channels, there were two pipes that ran through the altar. The altar was primarily used for offering sacrifices, um, of animals and other, other items, but mainly animals. And there was two pipes, two funnels, if you will, that ran through the, the, the altar. One was used for wine and one on Sukkot, on the seven days of the holiday of Sukkot. In, Bibli- in Talmudic times, it was seven days. In Israel, seven days. For us, the aspirants, eight days. They would pour also water on the holiday of Sukkot. And to celebrate this um, this act this this uh, mitzvah this sacrifice they would celebrate all night long let's take a look at how the talmud describes the essence of this celebration of what happened so the talmud says as follows whoever did not see the simchat beta shoeva celebration of the place of the drawing has never seen a real celebration At the conclusion of the first day of the festival, the woman's courtyard would undergo significant repair. Golden candelabras were set up, each with four basins of gold at its top and four ladders for each pole. Four young priests would take each, would take pictures of the capacity of 120 log of oil and pour them into each basin. The light was so bright that there wasn't a courtyard in Jerusalem that wasn't illuminated from the light of the Simchat Beit HaShoeva from this evening celebration. The pious men and leaders would dance before the crowd while juggling flaming torches, and they would say passages of song and praise. The Levites would play on lyres, harps, cymbals, and trumpets, and countless musical instruments while standing on the 15 stairs descending from the Israelites' courtyard to the women's courtyard, which correspond to the 15 songs of the ascents and Psalms. From where these matters derived, Rev. Eina said that it is, as the verse states, with joy you shall draw water out of the springs of salvation. So the question here is, the, 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 what we want to discuss tonight is, we want to really understand what is the significance of, what is the significance of this event? This, 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 we know of so many mitzvot, there are so many commandments that God commanded the Jewish people to do. So many different things that happened. The menorah was lit every day in the temple. All different types of sacrifices were were brought up. What is the significance 
of the pouring of the water that elicited such tremendous celebration. This was the highlight that would, would bring together hundreds of thousands of Jews all night long. It says in another place, they wouldn't, their eyes wouldn't see sleep because all night they were celebrating. And you can see from the description from the Talmud, you had great Talmudic rabbis that instead of sitting and studying, they were juggling. And everyone was celebrating. And the question is, why was there such fanfare made of this custom, which it does not even say explicitly, clearly in the Torah, right? It's one verse that says you shall draw up water with happiness, with joy. And we have a tradition that we are judged for water on Sukkot. What is the deeper idea here? What's the point here? So we have another... Um, we have another, okay, so we have another um, uh, source here that um, there's a story that happened that may shed a little bit of light here on why this, uh, why this act was so significant and what is the message for us today. Source six. The appointee says to the one pouring the water, now what we're talking about here is we're talking about at this stage when the water is actually being poured, when the water is being poured on the altar, the appointee says to the one pouring the water, raise your hand. As one time, a priest poured the water on his feet and the people stoned him with their etros. <laughs> Now, I know this sounds a little bit bizarre, so let me take a moment to explain what happened. Again, once again, the appointee says to the one pouring the water, raise your hand, as one time a priest poured the water on his feet. Instead of pouring it in the, in the altar, the priest poured the water on his feet, and the people stoned him with their etros. Now, basically, briefly, what happened was that there was a group known as the Sadduces, I always, I, I never know how to say it in proper uh, English. I know how it's written, but uh, I never, I never, I never remember how to pronounce it. So if someone knows how to pronounce it, be my guest. But these, um, these people believe Sadducees, 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 Sadducees. Thank you, thank you, Josh. So these Sadducees um, were a group of people. In, primarily in the time of the Second Temple, and they did not believe, they didn't accept a lot of traditions in Judaism, traditions in the Torah, basically things that were not written clearly in the Torah, but rather were passed down from the days of Moses, they did not accept. What, and they also translated certain um, verses in the Torah, certain verses in the, in, in the Bible, they would translate in a different way than traditional Judaism translates it. And it created a big rift, and it was a big problem. So one of the things was that one, one of the incidents that happened was <coughs> that one year, as we just read, the priest took the water, and instead of pouring it into the altar in that, in that pipe, he poured it on his feet because he did not believe in the important, this tradition. 
And that year, everyone threw their etrogim that they were holding, they threw them at him because he was desecrating, from their perspective, he was desecrating the will of God, he was desecrating the word of God, and he just poured the water in his feet. So from then on, they made him lift up the water and show and show how he was pouring it onto the into the into that pipe. Uh, another on another occasion, the Rebbe spoke in detail about the significance of why they threw their etros. But the bottom line here is the main point here is that this story gives us a little insight into what really is going on here, what the significance, what really were the Jewish people celebrating that whole night? They were celebrating the tradition because this mitzvah. This mitzvah of pouring the water was not a clear eye, clear outright mitzvah that was given from the Torah, clearly stipulated in the Bible. It was something that was passed down from generation to generation, and there were certain references to it. But it was specifically, this was an expression of, of the, the depth and the, 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 the beauty of their connection to God that expressed itself, the connection expressed itself, not only in the mitzvahs that were explicitly written in the Torah, but it also expressed itself even in something like this, which is not clearly written in the Torah. Let's read the words of the Rebbe in, uh, in a talk that the Rebbe spoke about this from, uh, from 1951, actually. This is way back uh, in the first year of the Rebbe's leadership of Chabad. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, take some closing uh, thoughts away from it, hopefully. So let's read the words from the Rebbe about this and the significance. Here we are. We can suggest that this is the reason for the immense celebration that surrounded the water libation. The verse merely states that the water should be drawn with joy, but nevertheless, since the Sajishes rejected the entire ritual, the sages instituted an elaborate celebration for the entire event, doing it with unparalleled fanfare, much like the custom surrounding the Omer offering. This was also the reason that they would arrange significant repair in the temple courtyard. What exactly was the repair? The Talmud relates that there were protrusions in the walls of the courtyard, and each year they would construct a balcony, allowing the women to gather in the balcony and witness the celebration while the men gathered on the floor below. From a perspective of biblical law, women are obligated to come to the temple only once in seven years for the hakel gathering at the close of the sabbatical year when the entire Jewish people would gather to hear passages of Torah from the king. Otherwise, we find only one other instance in which a special place was arranged for women to participate in the events at the temple. The celebration of the Simchat Beit HaShoeva and Rashi's words so that the woman would be able to stand there and witness the celebration. The explanation is, as we said before, the Sadishes objected to the entire ritual of the water libation. Therefore, the sages made it into a fundamental part of Judaism and created this entire elaborate celebration, ensuring that, ensuring that women participate as well, all to emphasize the mistake of the Sadishes. And obviously, when all the details of the water libation are carefully carried out according to the instruction of the Torah, it is a great reason to celebrate. So the point is that sometimes there are those there are those that argue and say, oh, we don't we don't believe we're not into the rabbinic part of Judaism. We're not into the you know those the the all these additional traditions or these 
not even additional. The issue is not even additional. The issue could be less significant, let's say. You know, when it comes to keeping Shabbat, when it comes to keeping kosher, when it comes to wrapping tefillin, when it comes to other types of mitzvot that it says clearly in the Torah, yeah, they understand why that's important. But when it comes to traditions that are not as significant, seemingly not as important, there are those throughout the ages, throughout the, 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 the years that have argued and said either it's not important, it's not significant, or they've said, they've said, you know what, we need to cut corners. It's a lot. It's a lot for it's a lot of traditions. It's a lot for 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 people to have to uh, deal with. It's a lot to have to continue and to and to handle and to juggle. And they say, let's you know, let's take certain traditions and put them on the side, and they're not as significant. And perhaps one of the main points here and the main takeaways from this 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 whole um, this whole fuss and fanfare made of the water, the pouring of the water, is to show the message that that sent in those days, and it continues to send to us till today, is the message, this idea that consistently, if we look historically, when people have come with this approach to try to, um, to, try to put on the side or to belittle the significance of these traditions, the significance of these things that may seem not as important, what it ultimately led to was that either one of two things happened. Either people that followed in this ways, either they, they threw away everything ultimately, or sometimes they said, they started questioning this and it caused them to deepen their connection to God and deepen their observance of God. But by and large, this approach of taking some things and, and, and trying to say, it's not as important, it's not as significant, it's this, you know, not as significant tradition didn't work in the long run. And perhaps this is one of the important messages from this, from this, uh, from this, this uh, observance, this celebration that would happen all night long. And maybe Tevya was right after all, when he said that these traditions help us remember who, who we are and what God expects of us to do. And uh, I could also say that um, uh, from a, from a uh, parent perspective, from an educational perspective, it's very interesting to note that oftentimes children pick up on those traditions, on those customs even, on those things that are not... Obviously, we, we try to do everything. We try to keep the, the essentials, so to speak, of Judaism. The, you know, the, the, the Shabbat, the, the holidays, everything kosher, all those things that it says in, in the Torah clearly and explicitly. But it's interesting that sometimes when it comes to children, children will pick up on something that's like, to, to you, may seem a, a more of an insignificant part of the tradition of Judaism, but that and especially our devotion and our love to God that's expressed through those traditions is what sometimes has the biggest impact and, and, and effect on the children. So hopefully uh, you uh, gain something from this conversation tonight. 
and uh, we should be able to continue to hold on to our traditions and uh, and only strengthen our uh, our connection to our traditions and our observance of our traditions have a great night everybody and uh we'll catch you next week again thank you our pleasure have a good night good night thank you, thank you. you're welcome good night thank you rabbi <laughs>